Welcome to the Retro Cinema Review Podcast, where I go back and reminisce about movies and TV shows that maybe are long forgotten, but still definitely worthy of a rewatch. Today, we're watching 9 to 5. Uh, 9 to 5 is a movie that was released in theaters on December 19th, 1980. The premise of this movie is there's three women who work in an office together, and they set out to get revenge on their chauvinistic, misogynistic boss. Um, It's starring Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Dolly Parton as the three main characters, and Dabney Coleman stars as their boss. One of the other interesting things and a reason why I chose this is in 2019, you can watch Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin on Netflix and Grace and Frankie. The main characters are Judy Burnley. Judy is played by Jane Fonda. Um, Judy's a recent divorcee. This is her first foray into the corporate world. She's a working woman. Um, She's a former housewife, and she seems like a bit of a fish out of water. She's all excited her first day of work. She has her own apartment by the airport. And she's just starting to slowly get into this being an independent woman. Dora Lee Rhodes, she is the personal secretary to Mr. Hart. She is ostracized in the office. Uh, Everyone assumes that she is Mr. Hart's mistress. Now, she is married, but she has no children. Dora Lee is portrayed by Dolly Parton. And with her very outgoing personality um, and, of course, her looks is part of the reason why everyone assumes that she is Mr. Hart's mistress. Whether or not that's true remains to be seen. Violet Newstead, she is a widow. She is a mom to four kids. She is a company supervisor, and she has been with the company for 12 years. She also, as we find out, trained Mr. Hart, who is now her boss. So, of course, we're a little uh, bitter about that. Who wouldn't be? Um, A little bit of trivia. Dolly Parton wrote and performed the theme song for the movie, titled 9 to 5. It grossed over $103.9 million at the box office, and it was based on an idea by Jane Fonda. The movie did spawn a television show of the same name, that ran for a total of five seasons. Um, Nine to Five, the TV show, ran from March of 1982 to October of 83, and then it ran in syndication from September of 86 to September of 88. Uh, Jane Fonda was executive producer of the first two seasons of the television show, but left after a dispute over the future direction of the show. Um, There was actually a Nine to Five musical Um, That will premiere in London's West End in early 2019. So if you are across the pond, you might want to keep an eye out for that. And 9 to 5 resides at number 74 on the American Film Institute's list of 100 funniest movies. And, most importantly, this passes the Bechdel test with 3 out of 3. Now, for those of you that aren't aware, the Bechdel test is a way of evaluating a film or other work of fiction to see if it portrays women in a way that is sexist or characterized by gender stereotyping. Um, To pass the test, um, the work must feature at least two women. These women must talk to each other, and their conversations must concern something other than a man. So 9 to 5 passes... 
So now let's get on to the rest of this movie. So as the movie opens, we see a very timid-looking Judy Burnley. Um, she's getting off the elevator. Her new Violet supervisor is there asking upper management if she must train this new woman, who, according to her application, is very green and has spent her life as a housewife. We can tell Violet is not impressed. So once Violet meets Judy, she begins to give her the lay of the land and introduce her to others in the office. They meet Roz, who is the boss, Mr. Hart's personal assistant, and she takes her job very seriously. Miss Roz is very full of herself. And she's also his personal office spy, which I'm sure does not help with the size of her cranium. Uh, Violet notes how she is the one who trained Mr. Hart when he joined the company, and she has never seen anyone jump to the top of the ladder as quickly as Mr. Hart has. They then meet Mr. Hart, who gives them a long-winded, rambling speech about the importance of teamwork and state that it's unfortunate that women don't play team sports because it's a great place to learn teamwork. And of course, he comes across as very condescending and self-important. We then get to see a fabulous montage of the -the state-of-the-art early 80s office machinery. They have dictaphone headphones, typewriters, multi-line phones. It's fabulous. I always love checking out the, what at the time was state-of-the-art in these older movies. It's great. Over lunch, Judy hears the other office workers making fun of Dora Lee, played by Dolly Parton. As we know, Dora Lee is Mr. Hart's secretary, and the office gossip is that they're having an affair. Now, we do see after lunch, um, she's, Dora Lee's taking a letter from Mr. Hart. He makes a pass at her, then apologizes when she rebuffs him. He tells her he's sorry, but you could tell it's not genuine at all. And he says, oh, she's more than a dumb secretary. Gee, thanks. <laughs> Mr. Hart's wife then comes in to talk to him about an upcoming cruise that she wants to take for four weeks. He's less than enthused, and we get another glimpse at the early 80s technology when Judy uses the Xerox room. Yes, in the early 80s, the machinery was so large that the entire room was required to make copies and sounded not unlike a jet engine. Of course, she has trouble navigating its use, And who walks in right when it's flipping out and throwing papers all over the room? But Mr. Hart finds her, calls her an idiot, and says, quote, any idiot can use this machine. He turns it off and walks away. This guy's a peach, really. We then see poor Violet, who is told once again she will not be getting the promotion. It has been given to a man who's been with the company five years less than she has. And like Mr. Hart was... This guy was also trained by Violet. She is notably upset, takes issue with Mr. Hart, who says that Bob Enright has a family to support, to which Violet, let's not forget, Violet is a widow and mother of five, takes issue with that, and Hart says, well, then it's because clients would rather deal with a man. He makes attempts at empathy, to which Violet tells him he understands zilch. And she also tells him to never refer to her as, quote, his girl again. Violet says, I'm a woman. I'm not your wife, mother, or mistress. I'm an employee and expect to be treated equally with a little dignity and a little respect. As a side note, can I just say, I realize this movie was made 39 years ago. But wow, it's still relevant today. So many 
of the things that we have seen so far could still be plugged into a movie today in 2019 and fall perfectly. We have a long way to go. Violet also makes a comment about Dora Lee being his mistress. Dora Lee overhears and takes issue with the comment, and Violet in turn informs her that Mr. Hart implies to the entire company that Dora Lee is his mistress. Dora then tells Mr. Hart off for ruining her reputation with her co-workers and tells him she has a gun in her purse and will change him from a rooster to a hen with one shot if he ever comes on to her again. That is bar none. One of my favorite quotes ever in a movie. Violet, Dora Lee, and Judy then spend the night smoking a joint and bonding over their office fantasies of getting back at Mr. Hart for his demeaning and inappropriate behavior. The next day in the office, Violet is getting coffee for Mr. Hart, and after returning to the office, hears he was taken to the hospital after falling back in his chair and hitting his head on the credenza. We had earlier seen that his chair was broken and he would fall back frequently, but of course he still leaned too far back in it. Violet is horrified when she then realizes she mistakenly put rat poison in his coffee rather than, quote, skinny and sweet, which is a similarly colored box. Violet and Judy rush to the hospital where they find Dora Lee, who rode to the hospital with Mr. Hart and tell her of the mix-up. They enter the ER to find the police there and assume the patient they overhear has died is Mr. Hart. Of course, when Violet overhears that Mr. Hart is, or who she assumes is Mr. Hart, is going for autopsy. She fears she will be exposed for his murder. She panics, steals his body on a gurney from the ER, dumps it in the trunk of her car with the help of her two accomplices. Another great 80s technology point here, not only in the hospital interior and how sparse and basic the medical equipment is, but also with Violet's car. She drives a powder blue two-door Buick, and I had to laugh when I saw them open the trunk. It reminded me how you had to literally put the key in the trunk and turn it in order to open your trunk back in the day. Wow. <laughs> Dora Lee goes in the trunk for a tire iron and notes the body is not that of Mr. Hart. <laughs> they quickly return the body to the hospital, and the ladies see Mr. Hart at the office the next morning. To which, of course, they are shocked and relieved. As the three discuss the incident in the bathroom the next day, they check the stalls for feet, but fail to open the doors, and Roz the spy is hiding in a stall with her feet up, taking notes on toilet paper, no less. She dutifully records every word that is said, including rat poison, coffee, corpses. Hart confronts Dora Lee and tells her that if she comes over to his house tonight, he will forget the entire incident. She panics, pulls the form card out of the wall, and hogties Hart in his office in a chair. The women then decide to take him to his home because his wife is out of town on the cruise that she had desperately tried to get him to go on with her. Unfortunately for Mrs. Hart, she has gone alone. Once he's home and tied up, they try to figure out a way to blackmail him to keep him from spilling their secret. Violet finds an account book for an Ajax warehouse, and the ladies go to the warehouse and find it's empty. They confront Hart because it appears he sold the inventory and pocketed the money. So the ladies decide they're going to order the invoices from corporate on Monday to prove their case. And 
Hart tells them he won't be blackmailed and he, quote, will not be stopped by three dumb-witted broads. While they wait for the invoices, the ladies need a way to keep him confined, so they devise a system of chains and pulleys attached to a garage door opener to keep him confined to his bedroom and bathroom. Dora Lee dutifully empties the bedroom and bathroom of any sharp objects he would be able to use to plan an escape, and once back in the office, she keeps up a ruse that Hart is extremely busy and can't be bothered. She even goes so far as to put cups of coffee in his office, empties them halfway, puts a cigar in there so it looks like he's been smoking. No one is ever the wiser. (laughs) They also begin to relax the rules for some items on desks in the office and then begin to make real changes, such as flexible working hours, part-time and work sharing, pay increases. Everyone seems happy, and the office is a great place to be. Missy Hart comes home early and calls Dora Lee from a hotel to thank her for the flowers she received while on her cruise. She tells Dora Lee that she knows they were signed as from Frank, but she knows who really ordered them. While on the phone, she tells Dora Lee she's been home for three days. The women are shocked, and they run to Hart's home because he's been tied up for the last three days as far as they know. When they arrive, Judy has been taken hostage by Hart using Dora Lee's gun, and Hart takes them both to the office at gunpoint. Of course, Hart immediately notices the changes, the new decor, people in the office during off hours, which the ladies explain as part of the new flexible hours policy. Of course, Mr. Hart, being the curmudgeon that he is, states that he hates everything and, quote, what I say goes. Mr. Hart's boss is summoned by the owner of the company, chairman of the board, Russell Tinsworthy. A very imposing man, he looks like a cross between Colonel Sanders and some sort of oil tycoon. He congratulates Mr. Hart on the splendid, livable, personable working environment. Mr. Tinsworthy is also interested in the job-sharing program. Mr. Hart stumbles over his words and is unable to answer questions and then pushes Violet forward as his, quote, right arm. And Violet explains the job-sharing program, the daycare center that Mr. Tinsworthy finds incredible because he set up daycare centers and all the defense plans during the war. Again, it's Violet who saves the moment and takes the chairman to tour the center. As they walk away, a worker named Margaret comes up to Mr. Hart to thank him for instituting the alcohol program to aid her in her recovery. Again, Mr. Hart was unaware. Tinsworthy does express negative views towards continuing equal pay for all workers. Typical. He also tells Frank he wants to move him to a new position in Brazil. The chance of a lifetime, he says. Tinsworthy doesn't give Hart a choice and won't take no for an answer. Much like how Hart treated his workers, his chickens are coming home to roost, and Hart is heading off to Brazil. The ladies end the movie toasting of all the new and positive changes in Hart's office. The best part of this movie is the epilogue. Violet was promoted to VP in recognition of her ability to remain calm in a crisis. Judy fell in love and married the Xerox representative. I really wish they would have said that she continued to work, but unfortunately we did not. So I'm just going to assume in my own head, my own little happy place, that Judy maintained some sort of independence. Dora Lee quit Consolidated and became a country and western singer. Love it. Franklin Hart was abducted by a tribe of Amazonians in the Brazilian jungle and was never heard from again. 
tragic. One of the, some of the best quotes from this movie. That's him, Franklin Hart Jr., but to me, he will always be F. Hart, Violet. Dora Lee says, I say we hire a couple of wranglers to go upstairs and beat the shit out of him. So needless to say, no one was thrilled to death by working with or for Mr. Hart. Now, what did I love about this movie? I love that it shows three empowered women, um, in a lot of ways acting like adults, not you know, arguing with each other, petty backbiting, all of the things that society says women do, but rather working as a team for the common good and trying to make things better for their coworkers. That was fabulous. I loved all of the tech in this movie, from the massive Xerox machine to the huge typewriters to the dictaphones to the cars that you actually had to put the key in the keyhole to open the trunk and the doors. And you know, I bet you that Buick even potentially had a gas tank that was in the back. I know some of you remember those where you didn't see the gas door anywhere on the car, but if you pulled down the license plate in the back, there it was. Yeah. Um, I believe they stopped making those because if you got rear-ended, your chances of a fiery crash were pretty big. I also loved all of the late 70s, early 80s fashion in this movie. Um, the strappy sandals, the skirts with boots. I love, too, there is a silk like jacket, almost looks like a robe, that Violet wears in the office. She kind of leaves it on her desk. That's like her version of a sweater in the office. It's like a Japanese silk number. It is fabulous. I covet that. Now, do I think this movie could be remade today and be popular, as popular, a box office hit? I think it definitely stands the test of time. Um, I think it would only need a few small tweaks and updating but for the most part, um, I really think this movie could be made today in 2019 and be pretty true to the original. Do I feel it needs to be remade? I don't. Um, I think it's fabulous for what it is. And honestly, overall, I really don't feel that many things should be remade, but rather left the way that they are. Overall, I would give this movie an A. There are a lot of problematic, cringeworthy things said, especially by Mr. Hart. Um, very misogynistic. Um, do I think there is still Mr. Hart's in the workplace today? Unfortunately, yes. Um, you know, people who will promote a man over a woman who does the same job, has done it longer, will pay her less. Um, Unfortunately, there is not equality in the workplace yet, but maybe one day. Um, so overall, a great movie. Um, I realize that we can't always watch retro. Um, we also need to watch some newer items. So this is the point where I also um, give you a suggestion of something that's newer that you might want to check out. Um, 
I don't want to say where I find these things, but we all have Google, so you can go and find where to watch them. Yes, I do use some pay apps and that sort of thing, um, but sometimes you can find them online for free also. So this week's suggestion is a show called The Bold Type. Um, it is an excellent workplace drama about three women who work together and try to navigate um, you know, life and the workplace um, working at a magazine. So I will be back soon with another cinema review. Um, I'm going to do TV shows, I think potentially episode by episode, and movies. Now my goal is to not only review movies, but also some older television shows. And as of right now, I'm thinking we'll do that episode by episode. If you have any constructive criticism, any suggestions for future shows, feel free to email at retrocinemareview at gmail.com. Also, check out the show notes where I will be linking to some other interesting information relating to the movie. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Retro Cinema Review, where we will post the upcoming uh, movies and shows. And if we find any new articles on older movies, we'll link to those too. Thanks for joining me for this retro movie review, and we'll see you next time.